Hey guys, welcome back to The Blair White Project. We have a lot of shit to talk about today. Listen, we're gonna start off with Dylan Mulvaney going to the White House. Now, people have been begging me to talk about this person and for, for the past year or so, like, or as long as this person has been on social media and, you know, getting attention, right? I have not talked about this person because the only thing I've seen is like extreme cringe, which is like, yeah, I guess I could do a video about how cringy, cringy um, Dylan is, but that's not really, I don't know. But recently, this absolute cringe fest, Mrs. Day 200 and something of being a girl and constantly talking about girlhood, which is bizarre, um, went to the White House and is advocating for children to transition and advocating for puberty blockers Interesting that you as a trans adult would be advocating for puberty blockers. Um, glad you have your fertility and uh, none of the you know harmful effects of puberty blockers, but why are you advocating for that for um, younger people? Oh, for aesthetic purposes, so you can look different, so you can pass better? Oh, okay, replacing aesthetics over fertility. Got it. Uh, anyways, so Biden invited Dylan to the White House. I like how I'm supposed to um, accept, endorse, or like the fact that this person is in the White House of like speaking to the president of the United States, essentially on my behalf, right? There to represent trans people. This is who the fuck we have. First of all, let's talk about how, you know, Dylan, if you haven't seen Dylan's um, TikTok videos, or I believe it's TikTok that Dylan is um, very, very famous on. Their whole thing is like, I'm on day 12 of being of being a girl, day 200 of being a girl, day blah, 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 of being a girl. I believe at this point, upon talking to the president about trans issues, um, Dylan is on day 220 something of girlhood. And we'll unpack the fact that Dylan was obsessed with girlhood rather than womanhood or adulthood or, you know what I mean? That, that's bizarre. We'll get there uh, in time. But first, what the fuck? Could this Dylan individual know about trans issues 220 something days in? What is that, like nine months? I'm horrible with math. It's under a year, right? And yet this person in under a year is in the White House representing people who, you know, have been trans for decades or, you know, it, it just, what the fuck is that? Right, but of course it doesn't matter. It doesn't actually take a rocket scientist to be picked for one of these things. You just have to go and you know pair at the talking points. So as long as you're willing to go tell the president that children need to have the right to transition and puberty blockers are totally fine, then you can be there. Um, listen, we need to unpack the fact that Dylan's obsessed with girlhood, right? Because even if we are to go along with the ideological position that Dylan you know, has, which is, a man becomes a woman, a woman becomes a man. We all know it's a lot more nuanced than that. It's not quite that. Um, but even if we were to go along with it, wouldn't that make you a woman if you're an adult? If you're like over the age of 18, if you're in your 20s, which I believe Dylan is, if not 30s, how old is Dylan? I don't know. Um, you've never, here, here's a good example. So I am a trans woman who transitioned at 21 or 22, right? Or was it like 20? I don't know. Memory is fading the older I get. Granny Tranny over here. However, 
I only transitioned as an adult. I did not grow up as a girl. Therefore, I've never experienced girlhood. Dylan, you haven't even experienced womanhood. You damn sure haven't experienced girlhood. Like, I just, it just, there's this other thing about how Dylan refers to vaginas as Barbie pouches and claims to be a bimbo. And it's like, this is who is in the White House talking about trans issues to the president. Has life really dwindled down to this? People want me to have a lot of issues with a lot of the things that Dylan does. And like, I find it all very cringe, very abrasive. Like Dylan's persona is quite abrasive, right? Like I would never just sit there and scroll through and like enjoy the content. Um, but honestly, I, I don't have that much to drag over just being cringe, right? It's more like taking a position in front of the president that children need to be allowed to go on puberty blockers, that there should be no ability for states to ban child sex changes. That is incredibly disgusting. And for and Dylan, for you to be advocating for that a few months into girlhood, like maybe sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. Not that, granted, there's many... Uh, public trans people that have been trans for years that I think would even argue anything different, but that's really the problem, right? Like if you can be trans for this long, say someone's been trans for as long as I have, which is seven or eight years. There's a lot to unpack about the experience of being trans, about you know the effects of these medications. And Dylan, you just have no idea what the fuck you're talking about at all. And I, and I understand like, I see all these um, feminists and just women in general coming at Dylan for wearing like girl face or woman face, you know, the equivalent of black face or, you know, portraying a caricature, you know, being offensive, like doing videos where Dylan's like running from bugs and like, oh, I'm a girl, so I'm so scared of bugs. Girl, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, claiming to be a bimbo and just taking on all these horrible like stereotypes of women and that's what Dylan thinks a woman is. Um, and I see women getting offended and it's like, who the fuck is to tell them that they're wrong? It is like, I'm offended as a trans person. I'm offended as someone who's perceived as a woman in society. I'm, I'm offended. Dylan's just really fucking cringe. And like I said, the cringe is one thing. The advocating for disgusting positions on behalf of me is another thing. So Dylan, like, I don't know. Should I do a main channel video on Dylan? Let me know in the comments. But we got to move on, y'all. The family of George Floyd plans to file a $250 million lawsuit against Ye. Has Ye officially changed his name, by the way? Like, I'm seeing all these publications just say Ye, which is like, is that a thing? I don't know. It's, I feel like Kanye West sounds better. Like, don't get me wrong. Kanye is incredibly fucking famous, one of the most famous people. And yet I still don't feel like he's reached the status of, like, being able to just be called by, like, one syllable, like, other art. I don't know. But... Regardless, it's really interesting because if I remember correctly, when the George Floyd shit went down, Kanye actually donated, donated millions to the family. So it's kind of like, wow, you know, <laughs> family took millions from him. And then he says one thing they don't like about the situation, takes one step out of the narrative of the situation, and now he has to get sued. I don't know. Granted, I believe what yay. I'll try, I'll try to go along with it. I'll try to say yay. Granted, what Ye stated about George Floyd, if I'm not mistaken, is basically that he didn't actually die from the police and that it was due to fentanyl, which was actually found in his system in the autopsy. There was a lethal amount of fentanyl found in his body, which means, <laughs> uh, you know, no one survives fentanyl. 
no one does. You know, I've spoke to you guys recently about how I had a friend who died from doing fentanyl um, earlier this year. And can I say this year has been like really weird and traumatizing in so many ways, like, holy shit. I was thinking of all the other ways I've been traumatized this year and like, oh yeah, also my friend died. Um, so, you know, that hits close to home. I had a friend who died a couple of years before that over fentanyl. So don't know where I'm going with that. There's another story we have later in the video about fentanyl I really wanna talk about. But in regards to this, you know, I think it is fair game to speculate at the very least that someone who died, you know, even though he was obviously in a violent encounter with police, could that have contributed? Um, I think where Ye messed up is making a definitive statement that that's really the reason why he died, especially if the coroner didn't come to that conclusion themselves. However, to act as if it's completely off the table to talk about how fentanyl could have contributed to the situation also, or ended someone up in a situation where they're in a violent encounter with police and excusing what happened, um, is wrong. You know, I, I think that Ye could have been a lot more artful with his speaking on this. I would have talked about how fentanyl in general contributed to him even being in the position he was in rather than, you know, definitively declaring that that's how he died. However, a $250 million lawsuit, like, I don't know. We're reaching a point where people are being sued for just having an opinion. And if that's the kind of climate, you know, we're going to be in, I'm sure it's very easy for people who are not paid to give their opinion or do not have public platforms for which their words matter. It's very easy for them to say, yeah, that's how it should be. But the reality is that's not good for anyone. You know, um, the George Floyd shit, I think, is just a very sensitive situation because I think the reason why people are so outraged about gay statements, you know, irregardless, are because you know, when George Floyd died, the entire country in unison declared him a martyr and, you know, took to the streets over it. And it was this huge deal. And so for anyone to sort of tarnish that memory or um, or at least are, is per, are perceived to be tarnishing that memory, people are going to be upset. So um, I think a lot of lawsuits, especially the Alex Jones thing, I think they really take advantage of the fact that it's a very emotional story and case. You know, Alex, Alex's uh, initial story that he commented on was very emotional. Um, the George Floyd one, kind of on par with that, especially in terms of like being like a little bit of a cultural reset, right? The Sandy Hook shit, the George Floyd shit, these were huge events that shaped the way we talked about so many issues, guns, race. And so um, I think people know that that's emotional and they're gonna take advantage of that. We'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with that. Um, Clearly Kanye is experiencing that cancellation life, you know? All right, we have proficiency scores in math and reading show school closures resulted in massive learning loss for US students. Uh, that's a no brainer. I think we touched on this a few episodes ago, but it's just very interesting to me how now we're allowed to talk about these things. And I know that it's in part due to the fact that these studies are now coming out, right? But also um, the overlords clearly have given the permission slip out for, you know, the mainstream news to actually talk about this shit, the corporate press to talk about this shit. Um, I saw like on MSNBC and CNN recently, they've been talking about how there needs to be a national conversation about the other, you know, damages due to like the lockdowns and, and shit. And it's like, I'm glad, but like a little bit too little too late, you know, it's, it's just really twisted how a lot of us, myself included, were having these conversations as it was happening and kind of saying, hey, this should be taken into account while it's happening, not years in advance when you can't really do anything about it. <laughs> so uh, 
you know, it it just it just sucks. There's been every step of the way when it comes to COVID, there's been people that have been early, you know, discussers of certain things. Those people get punished. And now we're supposed to be praising these out these publications and these outlets that are finally like, it's time for a national conversation about mental health as a result of lockdowns. Hmm. Could have had that before people off themselves. Could have had that before people became addicted to whatever substances they became addicted to, before children lost out on years of education. But I'm so glad that now the overlords have said it's time for that conversation. It's just disgusting, girl. I can't. All right, Kamala falsely claims her own support of bailing out violent criminals is misinformation. Hmm, everything kind of, all roads lead back to 2020, right? Okay, so if y'all don't remember in 2020, during the 2020 riots, which we now actually are supposed to pretend didn't exist. Funny how that works. We're supposed to just focus on January 6th and eternally bow down to the devastation that that was, right? But uh, an entire summer of people being, accosted, beaten up, killed, businesses destroyed. That we just have to pretend didn't exist. Um, and we also have to pretend that Kamala didn't fan those flames as did Joe Biden and tons of other people within the DNC. So of course, Kamala did bail out rioters. You know, you have the tweet right here. You can pull up the tweet, June 1st, 2020, the day it all went down. If you're able to chip in now to the what is this? Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. And, you know, it's very convenient to rewrite history and pretend as if those people that were being arrested were all just peaceful protesters. Peaceful protesters were not getting arrested. And if that happened, that's disgusting. However, the overwhelming majority of people who were being arrested at that time were people who were setting shit on fire, who were violent, who were destroying businesses. You know, I'm not going to pretend that didn't exist. And, you know, this is one of those things that if you didn't live in cities during this time, I think it's probably easier to believe the regime's narrative that it was all just innocent protesters being arrested. If you live through it, you know that wasn't the case. You know there are people running amok and putting everyone in danger. Um, Kamala, you know, raised money to bail those people out. And in fact, I remember, I wish I could pull this up. Should have done it before I came here, but I'm actually looking at these stories for the first time. I remember as the DNC, Kamala, Joe Biden, were bailing these people out. Uh, people were posting pictures of these people and you know what they were doing, what they were exactly arrested for. And they were all just the most disgusting, clearly non-peaceful people imaginable. Um, it was overwhelmingly Antifa. That's another um, thing that people like to try to rewrite history about. You know, A lot of BLM protesters were not actually violent. Some of them were obviously, but it leaned heavily on the Antifa side. Antifa was getting in there and, you know, muddying the waters and people were conflating the two, but it was two very different things. In fact, I remember tweeting about that. Um, so in reality, who Kamala was bailing out were Antifa. And it's like, should those people really have been bailed out? Absolutely fucking not. You know, it's really interesting if I want to rant about Antifa really quick. First of all, isn't it so funny how these groups like BLM, Antifa, et cetera, are only around during election years? Uh, so, you know, we're two years away from, we're talking about presidential election years, um, and you just don't hear about that much. Other than Antifa standing guard outside of, you know, child uh, drag shows, which is a whole other fucking problem. But, and I think we have a story about that. However, it's just like, if you know, you know, right? So years ago, when I was doing speaking events at the very start of my career, um, in what seems like much... Um, 
friendlier, a much friendlier climate back then, even though I felt like it was so heated and crazy. Um, but back then, we're talking like 2017, 2018, uh, you know, Antifa would show up to my events. And this is why I've really taken a step back on doing speaking events. I only do speaking events with a lot of security and usually group events with a lot of other, you know, people. So they have their security there too. Like, I don't like doing speaking events because of this. You know, Antifa would show up with bike locks ready to like bash my fucking brains out. Antifa would show up with literal weapons. Antifa would be, you know, trying to shout people down, being violent in the parking lot, you know? And this is something that if you know, you know, if you live through, you live through. Um, and so for this whole, it also goes back to revising history, right? For this whole revisionist history about Antifa is just an idea. Okay, an idea with legs and arms and weapons, bitch. Uh, <laughs> if ideas had those, then sure, I guess they're ideas, but they're not just ideas. They are a real group of people that are organized, that set out to disrupt events and engage in violence when necessary in their minds as well. And uh, I guess that's just like the thing that's so annoying. It's like, I'm supposed to sit here and listen to you. Antifa is just an idea when they've literally come to my events with literal weapons, with literal bike locks. Like I'll never forget walking out. I think it was an event in New York and um, it was before the event and we had a hard time getting it um, set up because there was so much Antifa craziness outside. And I remember walking outside, first of all, security did not want me to go outside. I was being told, Blair, don't go outside, don't go outside, don't go outside. But I was a lot more naive back then. And I was like, no, I can have a conversation with them, with Antifa, fucking stupid. Uh, these people are literal monsters, literal demons. You can't talk to them. But I remember walking outside and seeing one, just this disgusting, like mohawk, armpit hair, like looking like hasn't showered in two months, holding a bike lock, just like ready, like on a chain, you know what I mean? Like as a weapon, just ready. And it's like, wow, but I'm supposed to sit here and listen to the president of the United States tell me that was just an idea. Okay, and um, killing me was an idea they had. It's crazy. The world is so crazy. And you have to really just sift through the things you're supposed to believe and the things that are just, ugh, I can't deal with it. But moving on, bitch. Uh, by the way, can I just say really briefly, I was gonna do this at the start of the video, but I was like, I'm actually gonna do it in the middle. If my energy is like really, really off today or really, really weird, um, I'm kind of fucking going through it in real life. Uh, it, a huge nuke has kind of gone off in my personal life recently. It has nothing to do with anyone you've ever seen me on camera with. Please do not start messaging people because it's not anything to do with that. However, um, she's going through it in real life. However, been in the shit since 2016, got a job to do. So we're talking about the shit that you guys want to hear about. Um, didn't say that to get sympathy, empathy or anything else. It's just like, y'all are very in tune with me and my energy and what's going on. So I know you can guys can kind of tell and I can just see the comments now. She is going through it, however, she shall survive. All right, so uh, Christian Baker, this one's crazy. Christian Baker wins case after refusing to bake lesbian wedding cake. Part of me thought, is this 2013? Is this 2014? Upon reading this headline, because this is such a 2013, 2014 headline, um, when this is the whole like Christian versus LGBT wedding cake thing is literally the birth of all the toxic LGBT discourse we have right now, right? So when it first started, that was right after gay marriage was legal and we should have been chilling <laughs> and maybe not asking for much more after that. Um, this is, the baking of the wedding cakes is literally when the LGBT community stepped away from just give us our rights and leave us alone to you gave us our rights, but we're not gonna leave you alone. 
that's the shift, right? And so to see this still happening is crazy, but I'm glad to see the Christian Baker won this case. Um, let's read a little bit of this article. Kathy Miller, a Christian Baker from Bakersfield. That's funny. <laughs> she, she's a baker from Bakersfield. Bitch, really? <laughs> um, a Christian baker from Bakersfield, California, say that three times fast, who declines to make a wedding cake for a lesbian couple's ceremony in 2017, won in court on Friday after years of litigation. Miller, who owns Tastry's Bakery, was represented by the Thomas More Society, I don't know who that is, in the discrimination case. She cited her religious beliefs for the refusal to make the lesbian wedding cake. Miller holds the Christian belief that marriage is a sacrosanct, is that the, how you even pronounce that? I'm so not religious. Institution between one man and one woman. She directed the couple to another bakery that would fulfill their request, but she was met with a litany of lawsuits. Here's the thing, guys. If you want to be left alone to live your life the way that you see fit and the way that you feel is true to you, you have to offer that to other people as well. And first of all, if I were to ever go, this is the disconnect for me, right? So I'm a transgender, right? And I don't know, if I wanted to go into a bakery shop, let's pretend I was ever pretentious or obnoxious enough to do this and make like a transgender cake, right? Like a big trans flag, a big hashtag protect trans kids, which is code for sterilize them. Um, if I wanted to do that <laughs> and uh, the baker was like, listen, baby, I'm a Muslim, shout out to you, but I can't do that. Um, who would, who the fuck would I be to not respect that? Like. Who would I be to say, actually, you have to, right? So I think it's easy to sort of argue about like who's right and who's wrong. Break it down to like the real life scenario of telling a baker, no, you have to. Who are you to ever tell anyone what they have to do ever? That's the first thing. The second thing is, why would I even want that? Like, to me, it's the same as, I don't know, I, I wouldn't wanna get married in a church that had an issue with my wedding, you know? and. It's just the entitlement. And it's like, this is, I think, such an important case because I think this does set a precedent because it's like, listen, you can have your slice of the pie, let us have our slice of the pie and just keep it separate and it's fine. You know, I, I actually don't even feel super comfortable in religious environments for this reason. And the fact that, you know, this lesbian couple was just like so like tunneling on getting it done by this baker is like, what's actually wrong with you? You know, you have to accept the fact that people just are not going to be on board with your shit all the time. They're just not. And this this is why, you know, I grew up in a very like conservative, Christian, traditional, like very rednecky, like think like country bumpkin shit. Like it literally was that. I'm not even trying to be shady, but like we all know country pumpkins exist. Like there's just very, there's people out there who live very simple country lives and they don't get the LGBT shit. And that's fine because that's a lane for them, right? It's fine. I grew up in that. And even way back then, when I would get mistreated by these people, bullied by these people, there still was like the more rational and logical part of me that was like, this is literally just what they believe. Like, and I would rather just go somewhere where I'm accepted than try to be accepted in a place that's not going to accept me. Like what? It, why are you trying to force people, right? But when people say, you know, the slippery slope argument about LGBT stuff, this is what they mean. And, and, and this was like stage two of the slippery slope, right? It was like, first it was like, let's get married. That happened. Then it was like, bake the cakes. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes people were like, listen, we're not doing that. And then third is let us sterilize your fucking children. And that is the real 
right? It's it's just how it goes. It's how it's been going. And until the community is able to step back and realize we're not in the 1980s anymore where Matthew Shepard is occurring every weekend, or was that the 90s? I don't know, but you get what I'm saying. It's not the same era as before where you're walking around and you're just in danger of being hate crime 24 seven. But then again, these people are glued into algorithms and publications that tell them it's literally that, right? That run with every story about an LGBT person being accosted, whether it's true or not, and then never recanted if it's not true. Um, but these are supposed to be the people that are advocating for us, people that fear monger us into thinking that society hates us and that everything is against us all the time. Um, and they inspire that self-defeating attitude that keeps us voting for them, right? I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna take really. I, 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 part of me thought, okay, when the D-trans shit like really pops off and there's so much of that happening, people are gonna be like, okay, maybe we've gone a little far, maybe we have all of our rights and maybe now we're just pissing people off. But it's not the case because you see that, you know, recently they're dogpiling. I'm actually doing a main channel video on this. I think by the time this is out, that video will be out, go watch it. Um, there was a young detransitioner named Casey Miller who did a video recently and has been dogpiled by the LGBT community in a way that I have not seen in forever. And it's actually so sad. I'm doing a little bit of an ADHD thing right now. I don't even know what we were talking about two seconds ago, but we're just gonna keep going. Um, no, I had a point with that. The point was, I used to think that the excesses of the community, the ideology and the political pursuits would be realized by the community once enough D-trans people came out and be like, okay, we're kind of like ruining people's lives now. Um, but it's not the case. Like it's only doubling down all the time because historically that's what the LGBT community has been trained to do. And rightfully so in the past, right? I'm not one of these people that wants to revise to the point where we don't have gay marriage. I'm a supporter of gay marriage, which sounds so redundant to say, like who even is like super anti-gay marriage. But you know what I'm saying? It's just the point that at some point the excesses have to be recognized. I don't know what that when that will be. Let me know in the comments what you guys think. What is up with this mouse? I hate MacBooks. Okay. Three New Yorkers die of fentanyl overdose after ordering cocaine from drug delivery service. First of all, is that like an app, bitch? What, what drug delivery service? They make it sound like it's an app. Uh Three New York professionals died of fentanyl overdoses after ordering cocaine from the same delivery service leading to charges for the dealer behind the deliveries. Julia, oh wow, yeah. And these people look like very lovely. Oh, they all look lovely. But isn't it crazy how it takes lovely looking people to be killed from this stuff for people to start paying attention? There's been so many fentanyl deaths recently and it's like it gets no coverage, but now it's happening to like professionals and regular people and, and everyone wants to pay attention. Let's see, Julia was a driven professional with everything to live for. Never in a billion years would she have touched anything with fentanyl. And that's the point, right? Is that fentanyl is killing some people who obviously do it, which I still don't understand. You know, my friend that died from it, I'm like, how, how did you do it? Because everything that I've heard is like a speck kills people. And then, you know, police officers die for like picking up boxes that even have it like in the box. Like it's that serious apparently. And yet, some people do it, but that's the point, right? Is that people aren't dying from doing fentanyl. So any argument about how like, oh, they knew what they were doing. No, they didn't. A lot of them were literally just trying to do Coke or did it show up in weed? Let me know now. Um, the point is it's, it's that type of tragedy that people don't know what they're getting into. So I don't know what the solution is. This is one of those things that 
I can talk about how it needs more attention. But when I say that, it's like it needs more attention from people who actually know what they're doing. I know like in order to solve it, I know that it has a lot to do with the border, um, which we know our current administration is not so great on. So I don't, I don't know. But it's also interesting how, yes, the dealer is getting arrested, but I guess it begs the question of the morality of giving the dealer the extra charges of killing the people when the dealer probably also didn't know there was fentanyl, right? I mean, then again, I don't really know how this works. So put it in the comments. Like, does it mean that the dealer put it in there? I highly doubt that's the case because why would the dealer want to go down for that? So it seems like everyone's just getting screwed left and right from this. Um, so he pled guilty. Okay, awaiting trial. It's so sad. It's really, really sad. And I don't like that middle picture. One of them looks pregnant. Which one died? Like, I hope they weren't pregnant. My God. All right. Next story, you guys. That's so depressing. That is just so fucking depressing. The View hecklers yell, fuck you at Ted Cruz. Demand show cover climate change in wild segment. Oh, great. We're gonna talk about climate change today, bitch. Okay. Let's watch this clip. In, inflation in the United States has one cause and one cause only, and that is when the federal government spends too much money. Okay. We have seen trillions and trillions of dollars spent by Joe Biden and the Democrats. Just last year, last year the federal government took in $4 trillion in tax revenues. Most money in history we've ever taken in. The problem is we spent nearly $7 trillion, and that's what- We do cover climate here, guys. Me. We do cover excuse climate. Excuse me, ladies, ladies, excuse us. Let us do our job. Let us do our job. We hear what you have to say, but you gotta go. So first of all, it's interesting how long they let people scream at him, <laughs> right? Like The View is such a fucking show. I wanna be a host on The View. How sickening would that be? I remember like a few months ago, they were like looking for people and I had such a half a mind to ask Megan McCain um, because she follows me and I actually met her and she's really cool by the way, um, to give me like a, a little in, but it's not that time for my career yet. That's that's when I'm like old and decrepit, I feel like. Not that she's old and decrepit, but she was amongst old and decrepit people, right? <laughs> Why did this turn into a shading Megan unintentionally story? Anyways, ADHD, fuck. So it was interesting how long they allowed people to scream at him. Obviously, they wouldn't allow people to scream that long if they were in favor of the guest, right? If it was like Rachel Maddow and some conservative was screaming like F you to them, which would be inappropriate. Um, you know, they'd get fucking tackled and escorted out of the studio, but it just went on and on and on until finally it annoyed Whoopi enough to say something, but it's like, out of respect, you should have done that in the beginning. Um, not that I don't think that person has the right to say what they want to say, but you don't have a right to disrupt an event, like get out. Um, I think there's a lot of valid reasons to not like Ted Cruz. I don't think he's the fucking villain people think he is. Um, but it's, it's amazing how it says cover climate now. And that was like what they were upset about, that they weren't covering climate change enough. Climate change is one of those things. People ask my opinion all the time. It is so hard for me to give a fuck about climate change. And I'll tell you why. It's very hard for me to give a fuck about climate change when I have lived, and people around my age can relate to this. If you're born like in the 90s, early 2000s, you can relate to this. We are entire, at least in California or blue states, if we grew up in that education system, 
we spend our entire lives being heard about how climate change is going to destroy the planet and life as we know it within the next three years, by 2010, by 2012, then in 2015. It's like the doomsday <laughs> cycle that they put you through in regards to climate change in public school is insane and gnarly. So I know that boomers probably can't relate to that. I know that maybe even people, you know, Gen Z, I don't know what it's like now growing up in school, maybe they can't relate to that. But specifically my generation, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. It was like, we lived our lives bracing for the fact that half the country is gonna be underwater and polar bears would be extinct and Antarctica wouldn't be a thing by 2012, right? It's been just constant. And so, to me, whenever I hear climate change, it's kind of like hearing about NFTs or like, I don't even know, like the multiverse. It's like, I, not the multiverse, what is it called? Metaverse, whatever. See, I, I don't even know what the fuck. Like it's hearing those like keywords and my brain instantly shuts off and I might as well just go to sleep because I don't know, I've been hearing about climate change my entire fucking life and we're still here. <laughs> like we're literally still here, but I don't know. Not much to say on that. I just think it was rude how long they let people shout at him. Like what? Biden administration is spending $1 million to research how misinformation affects confidence in vaccines. Bitch. Clearly they wanted me to go off by putting this in the list of stories I'm reacting to here. So misinformation. Hmm. Was it misinformation when every celebrity every politician, even a lot of right-wing politicians, including Trump, when every news outlet said that the vaccine was going to stop transmission, was that misinformation or was it not misinformation because it was coming from the people who stood to profit from propagating that lie? Seems to me that there's been misinformation like from start to finish about the vaccine, about COVID itself, about lockdowns. And so it's like the same government and same corporations, Pfizer, which sowed this distrust in people, which caused this distrust, are now wanting to spend money to figure out why we distrust them. Maybe it's because you got everything wrong from the beginning. Maybe it's because if you really rewind, rewind to February, 2020, when Nancy Pelosi was in Chinatown, maskless, shaming people for wearing masks. And then a month later it becomes, you have to wear masks. How it started as you're getting the vaccine to protect others and we're gonna segregate society based on that to actually, uh, we never even tested for that. We just said we did. But yeah, let's, let's, let's figure out why people are not really trusting Big Pharma. Let's figure out why people are not really trusting the government. Uh, it's. I, I can't deal with this. So let's just read some of this. The Biden administration is handing out $1 million in grant funding for research into how vaccine misinformation found on social media can affect people's confidence in vaccines. The Department of Health and Human Services announced the grant, the grant opportunity, developing a public health tool to predict the virality of vaccine misinformation narratives on Thursday, and will send the funds to a single applicant next year. Long story short, they don't know why the fuck people don't trust them. I don't, I don't know. This is one of those topics that I know is going to be discussed in a way that aligns with my personal perspective on it, like years down the line. Like there's been several things, I'm not even trying to toot my own fucking horn, but there's been several things I've had to just literally wait for the truth to come out and I just knew it inherently, which is scary because I'm not that smart, by the way. 
Um, the D trans one is a big thing. Like, let's not forget, I was talking about the Drew trans shit in like 2017 when no one was talking about it. And I literally just knew, give it a few years, it's gonna be like one of the biggest topics. Hi, it's here. Um, this has that same feeling, which is like in 2026, people are gonna be talking about the vaccine in a way that is very obvious to me and very apparent to me and very obvious and apparent to a lot of you guys. And yet we're just not there yet, right? Marco Rubio says canvasser wearing his t-shirt and a DeSantis hat was attacked by a group who said Republicans aren't allowed in their neighborhood and left with a broken jaw, internal bleeding and needing surgery. All right, that's uh, pretty fucking demented. And this is one of those topics that I can easily let my own bias, let me blindly believe it, but I do not want to fucking end up like people who believed the Jesse Smollett shit because this is almost the same story as Jesse Smollett shit, except these injuries look obviously very fucking real. Whereas Jesse, like, what was it? What did he, I forget what Jesse did to like pretend like he was injured when he wasn't. Um, this is clearly someone who really got rocks, right? Um, oh, devastating. They're in the hospital and everything. Um, but you know what? Oh, the tweet Marco said. Yeah. Okay. I will say it is not out of the question of really a political attack, right? We've seen recently, there was a guy who ran over the Trump supporter kid. Um, hi, I was on Hollywood Boulevard and got my ass beat wearing a Trump hat. That was a thing. This is a thing too. And I don't know, it makes sense that it's happening near midterms when emotions are even higher. And it's just really fucking sad. It, that's that's another one of those things you're supposed to believe over things you just know to be fact, which is that like liberals are the ones getting attacked for wearing like Hillary hats or like fucking like, I don't know, like riding with Biden bumper stickers. Um, we all know which side is more prone to emotional reaction in general, right? Like there's literally been studies that show that leftists react with emotion at a much higher rate than right-wingers. Um, and that leads to emotional acts such as violence. Uh, so another one of those things, if you know, you just know, right? Uh, if you can sift through the lies, you can just sift through the lies. And uh, I'm not a prayer, but hopefully those of you are that are can send your prayers to this young individual. He clearly got messed up and I'm sure the truth, if not already apparent, will come out about this story. And, uh, Stay safe if you live in a blue area with uh, any sort of right-wing bumper stickers, hats, merch, collectibles. Like, that's what's so crazy is like, I remember when I was living in California and like, I would meet a lot of right-wingers and I would meet Republicans because I you know, was like, they were drawn to me like a moth to a flame, right? Um, and it was just this unspoken thing that you couldn't show it, right? It was just thing you had to hide it. Uh, and I don't wanna live in a country like that. So let's get it together not beat people up for disagreeing with us, please. Let's see. Republicans tear into Kansas uh, Democratic governor for a taxpayer funded all ages drag show called the Dada Ball. Yeah, I guess that's what's really fucking crazy is that it's not just that these events are becoming popular organically, it's that the government is funding them, right? So you have to look at why that is. You have to look at why they stand, what they stand to gain from that. Because it'd be one thing if, and both are true, they are, you know, gaining popularity, but it's not entirely organic if they're literally being funded by the government. Um, 
So let's read. Kansas Republicans are tearing into Democratic Governor Laura Kelly and her administration over revelations that taxpayer dollars helped fund an all-ages drag event over the weekend. Right. So you have the modern left that demands people support every whim, right? So it's not just enough that you have to emotionally support these events or, you know, support whatever, wherever their ideology leads them because they're constantly changing every year. Um, but you also have to fund it through your taxpayer dollars. You also have to fund it. You have to go to work knowing that a portion of your paycheck is going towards drag queens uh, flashing their tanks to children. Um, I'm really fucking tired of talking about this one because this one is one of those ones that I kind of feel like when it comes to pedophilia, anyone who's trying to say that drag queens are just inherently pedophiles, fuck you, that's not the case. However, anyone who doesn't see that pedophiles are clearly taking advantage of these events and sifting in, which is why you're constantly seeing them get arrested, which is why you're constantly seeing shit come out, which is why you're seeing sexual behavior in front of children, when it looks like it, it kind of just is, right? If it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, smells like a duck, it's just kind of a fucking duck. The theme of this podcast is if you know, you know. If you know, you know. If you're, you know, someone who's familiar with pedophilia in general and you know how this goes, you kind of just know when it looks like it, it just is. And even if it isn't, you err on the side of just pretending, making sure that it is so you don't have to go back and you didn't see it. It's like, the drag for kids shit is just fucked up. Like it's just fucked up. There's no way to spin around it, you know? And I'm pretty sure I actually have friends that, you know, back in LA that partake in some of these all ages drag events. And it's like, I don't know, maybe I should be a little more outspoken to them specifically. I haven't seen them do anything crazy at the, these events. It's more of like a lip syncing so far looking appropriate on my stories, on my Instagram stories. But it's just like, girl, can we chill? Chill, please. Let's see. Oh yeah, this one's crazy, y'all. Sandy Hook families asked judge to max out Alex Jones's penalty. So now Alex Jones actually owes trillions or is set to owe trillions. That's how you know that it's not about the kids anymore, right? That's how you know it's not really about what happened anymore. Now you know it's about actually destroying Alex Jones, shutting his show down um, and completely like depersoning this person. And, uh, you know, like I said in the last episode, he did what he did and it was wrong. No ifs, ands, or about it. But like, at this point, it's clownish. He owes trillions, honey. Like, just get it the fuck together, please. Oh my God, we're ending on this one. Really? <sighs> I am so tired of covering things like this. Moments transgender singer strips naked live on channel four and plays the keyboard with her penis. Notice how they capitalize penis. Why? Oh my God. So obviously the uh, video is not going to be, oh, okay, they are showing the video, okay. They showed it briefly, they censored it, okay. Wow. Now, at this point, I am absolutely certain that there is there are people working within media that are dead set on portraying trans people as the absolute perfect caricature of what right-wingers who thinks trans people are all deviants want to be. Like there is literally no other reason to put someone like this. This is what this is what's frustrating, right? The corporate press will handpick Dylan Mulvaney, the 
piano playing penis person, right? To go on TV and represent trans people. And I'm not saying there's a lot of great options to pick from, right? I'm not saying there's a sea of trans people who just completely have it together. I think as a whole, our community doesn't quite have it together, right? But there are trans people that are light years ahead in terms of being a positive representation of trans people than either of those people, right? Like even some of these, like I've done like TikTok response videos where I'm like responding to trans people on TikTok who have an issue with me. And a lot of them look, you know, look crazy and act crazy and are clearly very unwell. However, some of them are just average trans people who disagree with me. I would even prefer if like the media constantly had those people on, right? Like even if you're just like a libbed out, like crazy bitch, but you're just like still a regular like trans bitch who's not like a sexual deviant or like a freak show, right? Cause you can be a lib and not a freak show. You absolutely can. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a little rare, but I've seen it. Why can't those people be on? Like, why does it have to be like, I'm going to play the piano with my cock? Like, why does it have to be, I'm on day 200 of fucking girlhood and we need to sterilize children? Like, why? I'm just so over it. I don't know. Okay. Sometimes I want to like, just like blink and like unblink in the future when like everything is set right. If it ever does get set right, maybe it won't be. But uh, that's all for this podcast, you guys. I love you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast channel as well as my main channel. You can always listen on Spotify, Apple, and iTunes. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Bye, guys.